What's going on, guys? Your host, your boy, Jordan Mackay, back in studio again. First interview of 2020 in the Straight Talk Studios. And I got a good one today. Today is something special. It's my second tag team that I've had on the show. The first one was Empire. I'm repping the shirt. Don't get offended, gentlemen. I had to rep the shirt, but I'm repping the shirt for a reason, and we'll get into that later. Please welcome to the studio the reigning, defending, united Battle Arts Tag Team Champions, Joe Mack, Mike Durasti. Yes, I said it right. I'm excited. Gentlemen, welcome to Straight Talk. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yes, sir. What's going on, my man? What's going on is that I'm, ha- I'm excited to talk to you guys, man. I've been following you guys for a little bit on Instagram, socials, and stuff like that. Seeing the work you've been putting in with the DePapa family. We'll get into that a little bit later. Talk about the head of the family and now how we've, I think we've incorporated Bianca Corelli into the fold as well. She's a member of the family. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, finally got a chance to see you guys in action couple weeks ago at uh, the Battle Arch show that was put over because of that massive snowstorm. We didn't call in the army this time, though. That was good, right? I was excited. We didn't call in the army. So we had a chance, my daughter and I, to come down and see you guys in action. You held your titles down. You defended. I got some pretty slick, slow motion. I got you doing like a crazy freaking choke slam. And I got you doing that spear from hell. I love that. That spear was amazing. When you watch it back in slow-mo, you literally see the guy's heart come out of his back, and then go back <laughs> into his that. stomach. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, the choke slam was no joke. Yeah. Even the gentleman who you choke slam, he messaged me, and he's like, can you send me that video? I was like, like that's my first like clip. <laughs> my first, I'm like, you, you're, you're on the receiving end of some yeah, serious yeah. punishment, and you want the choke slam? I'll send it to you. Uh, you. He was so excited about it. But the slow motion capture on the iPhone is pretty sweet. A lot of things Apple does wrong, but Cam- on that right. camera, they got it right. Yeah. So one of the first questions I always ask is kind of my standard go-to question. If you've listened to the show, you know. I call it the defining moment question. We talk about where you guys fell in love with wrestling and how you got your starts. So who wants to answer this one first? Who wants to go right in? Joe wants to go right in. All right. Um, Well, for me, growing up at the age of two, my eldest sister, who is 11 years older than me, was like a huge sports fan, a wrestling fan, and as a child, it would always just be on the TV. So I grew up just watching like Shawn Michaels, like the Attitude Era. I was born in 95. So I grew up watching like Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Stone Cold. Those are the guys who really captivated me, who made me want to become a wrestler. You know, growing up watching those guys, they're larger than life. They, yeah, they're just larger than life characters and they, that intensity is so real. I don't know, like nowadays you watch wrestling and I feel like that authenticity isn't there. That same intensity that those guys brought, like The Rock, Stone Cold, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Triple H. When you had the feud with The Rock and Stone Cold, you would see those guys get in the ring eye to eye and you're like, holy shit, these guys are beefing and it's about to go down. And like nowadays it's kind of like, this is kind of corny a little scripted you know what I mean so yeah growing up it was just always on the TV and like while all the other kids at school came talking about Yu-Gi-Oh cards and Pokemon I was there trying to choke slam people and on the playground you know and so, fast forward you know 25 forward, years later yeah. we got I'm a slow motion video of you choke slamming yeah, somebody exactly, so, yeah, so <laughs> Mike what about you uh, for me, I don't think I have a moment that I fell in love with wrestling. I can tell you my earliest memory was I was in kindergarten, so I was five or six, whatever age you're at at kindergarten, and I had two older brothers. They were four and five years older than me, so they were about 10, 11. Uh, this was 99, so yeah, around Attitude Era, right? Uh, I guess the middle of it. Um, 
and my mom bought some action figures for us. So six years old, I'm looking in the back. My brothers, there was three toys. There was uh, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Kane. Obviously, who do you think my two older brothers took first? They fought over Kane. No? No. (laughs) (laughs) Complete opposite. Yeah, they went straight for Stone Cold and The Rock, as most people probably would in 99. And I was stuck with Kane. I had no idea who this guy was. Looked, Looked like a freaking monster. Well, he is. I mean... And I would just watch wrestling just to see where this figure I got was on TV, and I fell in love with Kane. And ever since then, Kane has always been the guy for me. So I guess that was it when I first saw Kane on TV and uh, the the red lights and the fire. As I got older, I always was drawn to the villains, you know, especially in comic books and even in wrestling. The heels were always the uh, guys I was drawn towards. I was like uh, Undertaker when he was heel and Kane. And, you know, today I think the best thing going is The Fiend. You know, I think Bray Wyatt's awesome, so... Um, I don't know. I always just gravitated towards those kind of guys, and but that was my earliest memory of wrestling, and I just remember the hardcore, hardcore title. I just remember it. my first time I can remember watching a match was uh they were fighting in the airport. Oh yes, the, yes. And I was I don't remember why as a six year old, seven year old, whatever I was, I was so into it. And then obviously The Rock and Austin, and I think the first WrestleMania I watched was sixteen, with the main event of uh, Rock, Triple H, Big Show, and Mick Foley. Mm. Elimination and each McMahon represented exactly. one of those guys. That was a good WrestleMania. And then following it was WrestleMania 17, which I still think to this day is the best WrestleMania of all time. So those were like my earliest memories. Why I fell in love with it was around that time, and the games were amazing, like No Mercy and on N64 and all the figures. Here comes the pain on here the first the PS, pain. yeah, first PlayStation system. Yeah, I think we're aging can... ourselves yeah, really yeah. bad here, gentlemen. We're yeah. talking about PS1 and PS5 <laughs> still to drop, eh? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, growing up, I mean, wrestling was like, like Joe said, like growing up, I used to bring wrestling toys in my bag, wrestling magazines. I stacked like a whole pile of magazines in my desk. My teacher's ripping them out one by one. She puts her head over the desk. Sees I've got like a stack of 200 magazines. She just picked up the phone. I need somebody to pull this kid out of my my, my class. I just had stacks and I was a fanatic. So yeah, that's I, there was not one specific moment, but those things all kind of led up to it. You know what? I think I think we're all built as, as wrestling fans. We all start off as fans of the business first. I gravitated toward more towards the commentary side of stuff. I appreciated JR. Oh, he's broken in half. Yeah, JR made the attitude. JR, JR yeah. made the attitude error 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Cole had his moments, right. but he should go far <laughs> away. Like, they should find some island. Like, kind of like Australia was back in the day where it was originally a prison island. They should find an island for out of work. Like, Tony Schiavone and him should go right over there. Like, just go far away. But I gravitated towards the commentators. I was always a big fan of the talking. Yeah. Talking and wrestling go hand in hand. In my opinion, the whole total package of a wrestler, you got to talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. You gentlemen definitely walk the walk. I have not heard any promos cut yet, but you, you definitely walk the walk. Now, speaking of attitude error, since you both watched in the attitude error, when this episode drops, you'll have already faced these gentlemen, but you have a tag team coming to take your titles next weekend or two weeks from now, February 15th, Valentine's day weekend. You've got crime time coming to the battle arc Don Cole off arena to try to take your titles. And these guys were very big in the attitude era. One of my favorite crime time memories is when Lita retired. Survivor. And survive thank you. Yeah. And the next night on Raw, she was doing her farewell. And they brought out a box of her uh-huh. stuff from the locker room. And they were auctioning it off to the audience. Ten bucks <laughs> for her that. underwear, ten bucks for a tampon package, ten bucks for a used <laughs> pregnancy test. Like they were no, I don't think she had that. I don't think they pulled that out. It was it was the ruthless aggression period at that point, yeah, yeah. so it wasn't so hardcore as the Attitude Era. But yeah, they were auctioning off like used underwear, all kinds of stuff. That's one of the memories that kind of resonates with me about Crime Time. 
But I guess my next question is, when you guys are going in, and we'll get back to training and all that stuff later, but when you guys are going in and you're facing, you know, somebody you watched on TV, you're getting trained by somebody you watched on TV in Santino Morella. Is that ever kind of star strike you a little bit sometimes when you see these legends? Because Santino's got relationships with all these guys. Anthony's got relationships. And he brings a lot of these legends to Don Koloff, the odd time when the Battle Arts Pro shows are going on. So when you're facing these legends, does that ever kind of still, does the fan in you come out a little bit? Um, you know what? You grow up admiring these guys. You want to be in the position that they were put in at one point. But for me, everybody's a human being. At the end of the day, I'm not going to be starstruck by this guy and that guy. They're all human beings. And at the end of the day, I like to pick their brain as much as I can because these guys know what it takes to get to where I want to be. And as I try to take as much advice I can from them. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much what it is. It's not really... I don't really get starstruck by being around you know, big names or anything like that. I think uh, for me, it was more in the beginning when I first started uh, wrestling and Anthony or Santino um, started bringing in guys from WWE. I think when you first get into it, everybody's a fan. And I think everybody who's in the business who says they're not a fan is fucking... Ooh. No, you can swear. Oh, oh, You're oh. good. <laughs> is, uh, is, is flat out lying. You know, everybody's a fan true at heart. Everybody will play it off. Like, I mean, it's a, it's an unwritten rule in wrestling. Like, you know, you got to kind of separate business from pleasure, you know, when it comes time. And don't get me wrong, when it's time for business, it's time for business. But um, for me, I mean, in the beginning, it was it was cool, you know, like, oh, my God, you know, there's Santino, you know, he's my coach. Um, growing up watching him on TV. But over time, like Joe said, you know, Anthony eats, Anthony sleeps. I hear Anthony get pissed. You know, I hear him laugh. He's a human being at the end of the day, you know. Um, and so, same with everybody on the biggest stage. He even says what we do here in battle arts is the closest thing to WWE. The only difference is they're making millions. You know what I mean? Um, he's he's kind of perfected it in a way where it's almost like a house show in WWE with the lighting, production of it. But to go back to your point, um, it's, it's definitely cool. It makes us feel like we're doing something right, that our idols are now our rivals. Um, and, I mean, crime time especially. I mean, they're, they're not just like somebody who was in WWE for a cup of coffee. They were tag team champions at one point. They had a pretty good run in WWE, so... Uh, I mean, next Saturday, I'm looking forward to it, um, not just because I'm wrestling them, because I'm looking forward to beating them. I like it. I like, I like the confidence, and I appreciate the confidence, and I think that's what sells the most in wrestling. You guys walk out. The one thing I notice about you guys when you walk out, you walk out, you command the room. I mean, yeah, you got your mouthpiece in the head of the family. It's a cool character. I admire him. But you guys handle your own. He's there. He creates the distractions. Came around offering people a little bit of Nutella. He had it on his finger. That was a little awkward. I'm like, I barely know you. I'm not going to lick it off your finger, bro. I appreciate it, though. But, you know, it, it's great when you can have that. But eventually, over time, tag teams have to grow. They have to evolve. Absolutely. Much like Crime Time, even though they held the title, you guys are now current champions. There's going to be a time to grow and evolve. Time to grow and evolve and maybe carve out your own past. Every tag team does it. You go down the history of the line. Some do it in nice ways. Some do it in not so nice ways. I mean, the Rockers. Shawn Michaels, infamy. I mean, even though you're watching the Attitude or you go back now, you watch the clips on the network, Shawn Michaels put Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Yeah. We all know this. That's an infamous moment. So even though you guys are in a good place as a tag team now, eventually you might want to carve out your own paths. And is that going to be, is that a discussion you've already had? Or is that a discussion down the road you will have when the time is right? But right now you're enjoying being partners, tag team partners, 
you know, road buddies, you probably travel together, all that kind of stuff, work out together, do everything together. But eventually there's going to be a time where you're going to want to carve out your own paths. Is that a discussion you've had or will you have in the near future? Uh, we actually haven't had that discussion. I'm, I'm the kind of guy who likes to focus on right now. And right now we're a tag team. We're a good unit. We work together. We we have the same kind of sense of humor. We got this, like, we got a good connection going. And, um, you know, as an individual, obviously I got into wrestling to be the best version of Joe. I want to be the best individual I can be, right? But I ended up being a partner with Mike and we go hand in hand, right? So I'm not really looking forward to what's going to happen down the line. I'm just going to take care of business right ahead of me right now. So yeah, going going back, I'm I'm focused on now. I, I haven't we haven't had that discussion because all we see is a is a bright future, you know. Especially once we start making our name as a tag team, I'm sure we'll be on a lot more independent scenes and stuff like that. Uh, but right now, battle arts. I mean, I speak for myself here, and I'm sure Joe might agree. Um, the battle arts tag team championship is is almost worldwide known. You know, we got people coming in from all over the world coming to train at battle arts. Um, Anthony affirms it on his own every time he's on the road. You know, fans will come up to him, how's Battle Arts? How's... So people know what it is. So when people search up Battle Arts and they see there's only four titles there, four or five titles, um, and we're one of them, that, that's a pretty big honor. So I'm, I'm focused on, you know, carving out a little legacy in Battle Arts because Battle Arts isn't going anywhere anytime soon. Um, and it's worldwide known. WWE knows about it. All promotions know about it. Fans know about it. So there's a lot of eyes on us, and, you know, it's a prestigious, prestigious, uh, I guess you call it honor to be a tag team yeah. champion there. So... I'm focused on that, focused on Saturday. Um, I, I had a bit of a singles run a couple of years, and I'm actually having a lot, a lot of fun tag teaming here with Joe. Um, we complement each other well. You know, for most matches, I'm the big guy, but he's the bigger guy. So, you know, to have that kind of gonna, dynamic. I was going to say, I don't really see a small guy in this hand. <laughs> I guess I'm the smaller guy of the two. I, which I is based maybe solely on height. height yeah, but you're, I mean, you're, yeah. You're, you're both very <laughs> commanding. Like, we're, my basement's a pretty big size, and I almost feel claustrophobic. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, we complimented you. I, I made a post, you know, Jay Z, Kanye West, Peanut Butter and Jelly, Joe Mack and Mike DeRossi. You know, we, we go we go well with each other. To throw That's a little it. Canadian steak on mac and cheese, absolutely. Deep fried bologna, hey, there you go. Uh, steak. There you got Come it. on, that's that's I'm the Canadian breakfast, man. Absolutely. Um, so. I, I don't know if you've listened to the show. If you haven't, you should, because I'm awesome at what I do. I heard Caruso. Thank you. And Caruso. did you like Caruso? I like Caruso. Caruso. I like Caruso, period. You know what? I've tapped into the Battle Arts roster, and it's it's great to add you guys now to the list, but Caruso was great. Cadman was great. Bianca was amazing. Uh, Anthony, I, I always go for the head honcho first. And when I got Anthony, I was a little starstruck myself. And even though, you know... I always ask anything we don't want to talk about, you know, nothing to make anyone uncomfortable. And I said, you know, can we talk about anything? He's like, yeah. I'm like, can we talk about Cornette? And he's like, yeah. It's like, really? <laughs> we're going to, we were allowed to talk. Yeah, but you know what? He was pretty open about it. And one thing I loved the most when I saw him at the show, because that's my second battle art show that I've attended. When I saw him at that show, he talked about one point that I, I, I think reigned true is that um, a lot of times because of the facility, the training, who you're working on, like it's a state of the art facility. You can put on the house shows to get trained. He works with, you know, the as he calls the B squad. And then there's the A squad. He alternates the shows monthly equally so that the B squad can get some work. And then the A squad works both shows as they should. Because you're repping the titles, you're representing the organization. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you guys do get a little bit of heat for that based on, like, what he said at that last show. You know, a lot of times, people don't give the Battle Arts roster their fair shake because they're jealous. And that's the fact is, like, the, the, the facility is outstanding. 
and how you're training and how you're, and everything. Like I follow you guys on Instagram. I see the workout videos. I see a lot of food videos though too, man. You guys got to stop doing that. You guys got to stop doing that. You guys post the food videos and then you post videos of lifting like 400 pound weights. And it's like, yeah, okay guys. That's the secret. Yeah. That's the secret. Cause you can eat whatever the hell you want and you can look this good. I gain five pounds looking at your Instagram posts. So do us regular Joe's a favor, cut down on the food intake. Okay. Just post all the workout videos that I'll be like, now I see that the, all the work goes into it. Okay. Yeah, pat yeah, patting your gut as you pat the six pack. I got like a two pack here, but in terms of what Anthony said, I guess that brings to my next question: Do you feel sometimes that the battle arts roster does get a little bit of a the no, not you guys getting the nose up in the air, but other people giving the nose up to you guys, like oh they think they're better than us when you're not. You're just working as hard as they are. That's the school that you went to. That's the school that you chose. You're still grinding. You're still doing the work. But a lot of people sometimes they don't give battle arts the fair credit that they should. Do you feel that that's the mentality that he mentioned? Um, are you talking in terms of like other people being jealous? Yeah, like some like he did mention at that show that other promotions or sometimes other wrestlers that when they come in they they get a little bit because of all like the incredible opportunities you guys are given. Plus, there's that leadway kind of into the WWE. Right. We know that the tryout was handed out there and stuff like that. He did mention it at the last show. That's why I'm just I'm asking. Yeah. If I'm out of the way, I apologize. I'm just asking. You know what? It's stupid to be jealous because you should... Look, my greatest competition is myself. Every day I, I wake up and I look in the damn mirror and I know that's my biggest competitor. I'm focused on my goals and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the top. And I'm not really focused on what other people have to say or think about me or Battle Arts. You know what I'm saying? Battle Arts is a great school. Battle Arts has a great uh, wrestling promotion. And... You know what? It's not. You're gonna stress yourself out thinking about what other people are thinking about. You know what I'm saying? So I just take care of business myself, and I try to be the best I can be, and then that's all I worry about, man. Uh, for me, I mean, this is a uh, similar. It, it's kind of stupid. So I've heard about. I've heard about this, but I. I mean, I know a lot of wrestlers, and I mean, all over. Um, nobody ever says anything to me. It's always like. I heard this guy said this about it, and you know nobody will ever say it. Like uh, it's it's weird, man. It's a weird thing. And if it is, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sorry for them. Um, Battle Arts is open to everybody. It's not like it's locked out. I mean, anybody can go there, um, and people will yeah. always find a reason to hate. I mean, that's that's the world we live in. No matter what you do, if you're doing well in something, people will always find a reason to discredit you. Um, I mean, everybody's got a fair shot of training anywhere they want. Um, you know getting a shot at WWE, even though he lines up, you still got to put in the work. You know, you ain't getting a tryout if you ain't putting in the work. Um, and there will always be, even if you do put in the work, you do get the tryout, you do get signed, people are still going to find a reason to hate. You know what I mean? It's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. At the end of the day, you got to look after yourself and the ones who look after you, you know, one hand washes another sort of thing. And people hate and are jealous. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for them. I hope, uh, hope they find <laughs> happiness. I mean, like that, that's, I mean, that's unfortunate, you know. If somebody, I told Joe this a couple of weeks ago, if somebody gets signed that you know, you shouldn't be jealous. That's somebody that you know personally is on TV every week. For example, Alex, Alex uh, Jackson, he got signed. It's cool being able to text him. He's like, hey, I just did this today at NXT. I'm like, oh, wicked, bro. Good for you. His spot was his spot. You know what I mean? That spot was carved out for him. If Joe gets signed, number one, that's my tag team partner, got signed. It's not a, oh, my tag team partner got signed, but I didn't, or vice versa. You know what I mean? I'd be happy for him. And he should be happy for me um, because if I got signed, it was something that I had that they were looking for. 
or something that he had that they were looking for when they signed him. You know, whether it be his height, his background, his uh, previous athletic background. You know what I mean? So all his damn food posts on Instagram. All the damn food posts. You know what I mean? So like everybody's got their their niche of uh, why or why not they're getting signed or getting the publicity they're getting, and everybody's future's in their own hand. You know what I mean? So that's kind of my two cents on that. I love that. I think you guys have your, your heads on your shoulders. You're very you're very approachable. You're very easy to talk to. Me, I always like, before I approach anyone for the interview, I always like to see them in action. And seeing you guys, I know you guys are putting the work in. And then, as approachable as you guys were, especially with my daughter. She's a huge wrestling fan. She's got, uh, she's developing crushes. I don't like it <laughs> at all. And, um... One of them is Josh Alexander, The Walking Weapon. Mm. She sees him all the time at the Destiny shows. And, He's dreaming. Yeah, oh yeah. She just, she lights up, her eyes just light up. Just same way they lit up with you two guys. Yeah, there he is right there. That's my boy. And he signed that to my favorite podcast. I didn't twist his arm. No, I did. I told him, I said, can you sign that to my favorite podcast? And he did. No, but, uh, you know, when she goes to the shows, watching the shows through her eyes, I love it even more. It reminds me of why I became a fan. And it's not just me that's a fan. My wife's a diehard fan. My wife can school you in some wrestling one-on-one history and blow your fucking mind. And, and my three-year-old, my four-year-old, she just likes seeing people hit people. She gets really excited when they do Hell in the Cells. She really, except the, uh, even though you're a fan of The Fiend, I'm a fan of The Fiend, that yeah. last Hell in the Cell, oh, what the fuck terrible. was that? The red terrible. lighting? What it, thank God they the got finish. rid of that red lighting. Yeah. Yeah. That finish was horrible. The ladder, through the, uh, the chair, through the toolbox. And then he hits him with a sledgehammer. There's no way anything touched his face. We know this. Like, you know, yeah. the, sometimes you look at the WWE product and it's a head scratcher. But that's the great thing about indie wrestling. It's evolving. It's changing. And here in Ontario, we have one of the best indie wrestling scenes that there is. You can go to Battle Arts once a month and watch amazing talent. You go to Crossbody and Kitchener, watch amazing talent. Destiny Wrestling every couple of months. They do it at the same arena. You guys do your home arena. They run the show there. Revolution Women Wrestling, who I'm proudly affiliated with, they run out of Don Koloff Arena. Uh, you know, Barry Wrestling, C4 out in Ottawa, uh, Alpha One down in Hamilton, Hamilton Pro Wrestling. There's just so many fantastic promotions. Greek Town, you know, Channing Decker's promotion. There's so many great promotions, and it's it's a great time to be an indie wrestler, but especially in Ontario, because you can travel not too far to get a fair shake. So looking at the indie scene as it is now, you guys being a definite focal part of it. How exciting is it to be a wrestler in this time with everything that's going on, plus all the, the fact that it's pop culture again. Yep. You got the kind of Wednesday night wars going on, even though everybody says no, it's there. Yeah, it's there. They're all trying to do the, they're all trying to outdo one another, NXT versus AEW. They're all there. It, it, it's kind of pop culture again. It's almost I'm not to say it ever went away, it's but cool. it took a period where it nosedived. Yeah. But now it's sure. you if you sit there and you go, Yeah, man, I'm a pro wrestler, people are like, What? I, I, I run into people all the time. It's like, dude, aren't you the guy from Straight Talk Wrestling? I am. I have fans. It's freaking crazy. It's it is. It's amazing. So being in this time period now where everything's so percolating again and so, you know, top heat pop culture, how cool is that? So talk, speaking of cool, the reason I got into wrestling was because back then it was cool. Everybody, you can talk to any anybody growing up, they know Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold. Wrestling was cool growing up. It was, it was cool. Everybody watched it. But and then it went through that phase where it kind of got, nah, like, you know, like I said, corny. The, P, yeah, the PG era. We PG can all mention that. We, we know it. You know what I'm saying? So now to have it kind of going back into that little edgy area is kind of exciting, especially with, with me. Like I'm, I'm 24 and I'm, I'm getting my feet wet 
and this would be a perfect time for me to get in. Like I said, I want to bring that authenticity and that um, intensity back to wrestling. And it's a good time because, you know, you got to bring, with intensity and authenticity, you got to bring that edge. I thought you were going to go integrity, intelligence. I thought oh, you were going to give yeah, me three. I, I might as well have. <laughs> I might as well have. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, and just not even indie wrestling, AEW. But that's amazing for for the wrestling industry in a whole. Like I, I tell you, you can't you can't not see the fans arguing which one's better, WWE, AEW. It doesn't matter, bro. It's it's just choices available for everybody. You know what I mean? Um, whether you're into NXT, you're into w, um, AEW. There's so much variety. Raw and SmackDown are different. Um, there, there's so much different uh, different wrestling out there for the fans. You got New Japan. You got indie wrestling. So it's great for the fans on one hand. Um, and like I said, we grew up watching it. So I know the kids who were my age back then, who are just as a fanatic as we were back then, are, are loving it right now again. Um, but also for the workers, I mean, that just gives us another opportunity to go out there and make a living off of pro wrestling with AEW being around. NXT is its own brand now. NWA um, just came back in the fold, NWA, right? They got a show yeah, back they're doing, now. They're doing awesome stuff too. Um, so, I mean, there's just more opportunities for guys to work. Uh, you know, Impact's still around doing well. Um, so it's just more opportunities for guys, more opportunities and more choices for the fans. So it's great for everybody. Again, much like I was saying, it doesn't take away from anybody that a second promotion is doing well. All that's doing is creating more jobs for the workers, um, the wrestlers, the refs. Like, think about how many job opportunities. And for fanatics, I mean, it's just another source of wrestling. And growing up, I couldn't get enough of it. I'm sure the same for all of us in this room, actually. You know, we couldn't get enough of it. So it works well for both ways. We were all fans of a sport where men and women wrestle around in their underwear for a belt. <laughs> they never wear pants. If they do, they're spandex pants. Yeah. I don't know about you guys. I, I cannot do the spandex pants. I cannot. You guys do the spandex yeah. pretty decently. I, on the other hand, could not. And I will not. You, you know what? It was a little uncomfortable in the beginning. Still my is. first, My know, first seven know. months of wrestling, I was wearing the, the black pants. Like, like the full-out pants. The pants. Same, you know, I, was like, I was doing the same and, thing. And I told myself, you know what? I'm never going to wear this spandex. And then I found myself, nine months in, I bought this spandex. You know, it's it's a part of the game. Yeah. You, you got to look the part. You can't just... I, some you know. guys get away with it, but I mean, when I started, I was doing the black pants too. It's so funny you said that. Remember, you... you no, no, you weren't no. around then. Um, <laughs> but I, bro, I used to wrestle in the long black pants, and I swear to God, everybody says... You ripped off Roman Reigns' vest. Bro, if you go back on my Instagram and look at the date of when I was starting to wear the tactical vest and go look at the Shield's debut, it was way before Roman Reigns. <laughs> I so, believe you. But also, don't forget, you're a sneakerhead. I'm a sneakerhead. Roman Reigns ripped off the Michael Jordan logo. Did, look oh, at his yeah, vest now. Yeah, yeah, his vest true. now has got the, the him doing the Superman the punch. Yeah. But if you look at it, you take away the long hair, it's the fucking Jordan logo. Well, he's, you always see him wearing Jordan. I mean, I catch that. I mean, he's always rocking Jordans. I'm a huge sneakerhead. Um... But yeah, what was I saying? You were talking about how you you had the vest before. Yes, he did. the vest, the vest. That's right. I lost my train. I started talking about shoes. I started pants, thinking about yeah, pants. The we're pants. talking about the pants. pants. That's right, the pants. So yeah, I was. I mean, I felt more comfortable in it. I mean, unless you're a chiseled piece of rock, which I am not. Um, I mean, it's just spandex is unforgiving. I mean, if you eat something shitty that day, you're you're screwed, buddy. <laughs> you know, I see a little more That's jiggle true, in, in, the, in the midsection. I'm going, fuck, I got to go on spandex in <laughs> six hours, you know? Okay, but since you mentioned the shield, let's let's side roll for a second yeah. here. How does Dean Ambrose, when he was Dean Ambrose, now he's John Moxley, he still does it, though. How does he wrestle around in fucking jeans? I think they're gimmicked. I, I, I don't think they're real jeans. I think they're like... They're jeggings. Yeah, I think they're jeggings. So they're, they're, what is that, jeans, jeans and leggings? leggings? Oh, okay. Like, they look like track... Uh, they look 
look like jeans, but they're actually they're, they're not like like track pants, but they're pretty pretty similar. Because bro, on those pants with my knee pads on, I wear knee sleeves under so I don't blow out my knee. Um, with the boots on, I felt like a tree, like I had no mobility, and that's why I switched to the uh, what was it? First it was a singlet, then I went to the trunks. I mean, the trunks is even more like that's like that's underwear, you know, like that's pretty much yeah. your underwear. <laughs> I mean, that I'm like I I did that for like two shows when I was like super super ripped. I gotta get back to that, but. Um, the singlet. Oh yeah, singlet. no, because you you look horrible. Oh. You look god awful now, my <laughs> Oh, buddy, it's a rough. When boat. you're out there, you got fans yelling whatever at you, and it's like, yo. You know what? Actually, that look at this. We're we're gelling so well that segues into my next question. Yeah. In wrestling, fans and heckling go hand in hand. They love you. They hate you. They disrespect you one minute. Next minute, they're cheering for you. Yeah. And that happens. I seen it firsthand. That Battle Arts crowd that night was rowdy. Hot, hot. Was hot. rowdy. You guys got a lot of heat because you guys were out there through the whole show. You came out with Bianca when she challenged Jamie. And Amy had a lot of fans in the audience that mm-hmm. night. Yeah. So you guys did not help the heat. <laughs> then you came out and you tore down those two, oh, those two young gentlemen, Mr. O'Connor and Mr. Yaz. Yeah. You tore those boys oh, down. And then you showed up again in the Royal Rumble or Battle Royal, as if you will. Yeah. You showed up in that again. And that's where we got those epic slow motion shots. Yeah. But heat, organic or premeditated, heat is heat. Heat is what the business is all about. Kayfabe or not, if you get heat, you're over. If they love you or they hate you, as long as you're getting a reaction, you will keep coming out every week, whether you're on TV or not. If you're getting a reaction, you're getting paid. You're, getting, you're, you're doing your job very well. So in terms of that particular night, though, there's a lot of heat <laughs> towards you two guys. That guy at the top row wanted to fight us. The remember? dude with the oh, mullet, yeah, yeah, the dude yeah, with the yeah, mullet yeah, and the yeah. George Michael era, man. He was a scary up. dude. Yeah. When he came down, it's and like... And he was jacked as fuck. Yeah. After he came out of the shadows down there, after, oh, shit, this yeah, guy's jacked. Yeah, he jacked. <laughs> I went behind the papa. Take care of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he, I think he went out and kind of ran his mouth a little yeah, bit, yeah. but he was still going to come down and I, take I, the cane right from him. Cassandra's pop. Oh, buddy, he was ready to fuck us up. But then after the show, when everything had calmed down, I did catch him moment where he came over to you guys and he could he, you know yeah. shook your hand and said great job no, he's a good guy. so when you see those kind of moments when you get that organic heat because there's a fan in the moment right there living it and then after the show you see him and i'm like hey what's up man it was great i had a lot of fun is it ever still surreal to you that people could turn it on and off like that or the fact that you guys can turn it on and off like that because you got to go out there and you got to straight faced all business Somebody, like, you guys, there's one point, you guys were blocking me and my daughter. And my daughter's like, Dad, I can't see. I was like, well, if these two tree trunks would get out of the fucking way. <laughs> but you guys didn't hear me. I thought you were going to hear me. And I thought one of you was going to turn around, yeah. but you didn't hear me. You just walked to the other side. You blocked the other side. So I was okay with that, because then it's I crazy. could see the match. You almost don't hear nothing in the ring. You, I, I don't know about you, Joe. I hear nothing. Like, I sometimes I have friends, family. And like, you didn't hear me? I was, I was screaming at you the whole show, this and that, trying to make you laugh, trying to, you know, whatever, trying to rib me from the crowd. And yeah. I'm like, but I, I can't hear a thing. Like, when you're in there, all you see is the ring. All you hear is the ring. All, like, you're so in tune. Like, just like basketball players. You know, they can shoot a free throw with 30,000 people behind them, you know, waving those things. And Not when them. I'm there. My voice bellows. Yeah. Okay, I, I almost got kicked out. When Chris Bosch <laughs> left the Raptors, oh, my wife bought me tickets two rows behind the bench, Miami Heat bench. I heckled them all night. He fucking heard me. I know he did. He didn't turn around. He didn't acknowledge me. But I was in his fucking head. Yeah. I, mean, I was calling him everything from a dinosaur. I would fucking uh, he, call him. Yeah, bro. And you know what? Either A, he didn't hear. To be honest, he probably didn't hear. Or that fired him up. Because, I mean. It did. He scored 43 points that there night. There you go. So. He's like, yeah, you think I suck. What's going on, Straight Talk Faithful? Your host, your boy, George Mackay, here to introduce Acre, a new subscription platform for gold. 
This platform is absolutely amazing. You can subscribe for just as little as 50 or $30 a month. It's affordable, it's convenient, it's physical gold bars mailed to your doorstep, branded in the highest quality, designed in California, minted in Switzerland. It's safe and simple, and it comes in absolutely gorgeous packaging, and they have excellent customer service. Like I said, subscribe for 50 or $30 a month, watch your gold grow, it's shipped to your door, and you're in control. It's easy to cancel or modify your plan that suits your needs at any time. So go do, do your boy a favor. Go to getacregold.com slash straight talk now. Check out all the benefits of this amazing platform. Uh, for me, I think um, the, the, the part of turning it on and off, I think that still surprises me. Because anytime I go out introduced to somebody like, hey, this is Mike, he's a professional wrestler. I can't portray that in front of somebody, you know, on the street, you know, like, for example, if your, your friend came over, hey, this is Mike, he's a pro wrestler, I'd be, hey, how's it going? You can't really show them how much of a pro wrestler you are, you yeah, know? Yeah, you can't start doing the, uh, the bicep bounces. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> so when, as I tell people all the time, like, listen, the guy you're talking to right now is like, like, I'm totally different. The second, like, I can be joking around with Joe literally as our music hits, and the second our music hits, we walk out. It's business. And I told you, we, we can, you know, change that, whether it's excitement or, you know, for laughing, just like the second you walk out, it's on, you know, and that's how I think any professional is. For me, I just try to be as present as possible. And when I go out there, it's really just me being an asshole. And, you know, some I got an asshole side to me, but just I'm also a good guy, you know, but I turn up that asshole yeah. side of me. And when fans heckle me, it makes my job so much easier. You know, when they scream something at me, oh my God, I can't wait to say something back to him or make them feel involved, you know? And a part of me being present is focusing on the match, but also listening and feeding off the energy of the crowd. Like, if I do something in the ring and I notice the crowd reacts to it, I take a moment to embrace that moment and I interact with the audience. So definitely... I love when the crowd heckles me. I love when they give me heat because, you know, like you said, it's giving you a reaction. You're doing something right. Very true. Very true. Do you have anything else to add to that? I mean, the last thing, just like the importance of the crowd. I mean, like, I've wrestled on shows where you can hear a pin drop throughout the whole thing. Like, I'm, I'm watching through the curtain. I'm going, God damn, this is going to be shitty. Because, I, I, like, the crowd literally makes a show. Like, fans, I, I don't know if they do or don't. I mean, as a fan, I didn't really think my cheers mattered that much or my booze, uh, you know, growing up, going to the shows, but they really do. Like, I can't tell you, the probably the worst thing in wrestling, aside from injuries and stuff like that, is wrestling in front of a dead crowd. Like, we just don't feel like, I mean, I always try to give my 110% because people still paid money at the end of the day. You got to remember, this is a Saturday night. People are spending hard-earned money and spending their Saturday night to come watch pro wrestling. So that, the I think growing up and... Uh, Wanting to see a good show kind of fuels me to, to do well and give back. But it's tough, man. It's tough in front of a crowd yeah. that's just not into it. I agree. You know what I mean? You come out and people are just kind of sitting on their hands. like, And there's nothing like, it's particularly, I'm do, I, I don't think I'm doing because I've been watching and hearing the crowd. Like, you can hear from the back if you're getting ready for a match. And it's just, it's like, is somebody out there right now? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you know, Carew and Cadman are wrestling. You know what I mean? I'm like, God damn, that's quiet. You know, I'll look through the curtain. They're doing everything right. Just some nights the crowd isn't into it. That can be due to a number of things. Like, I mean, long shows um, sometimes burn people out. You know, if you're in the main event, you're screwed. You know, they just saw 12 matches of wrestling and their backs are hurting. They're getting tired. They got work tomorrow and you got a whole 25 minute match. So 
but yeah, when when you do have a crowd that's into it and you can get them to, you know, when people are cursed and want to come in the ring and fight me, I'm like, oh, thank God, thank God. <laughs> you know, it's as messed up as it is. That's a good thing. It's funny you say that. Actually, there was one night I had a match against uh, O'Connor, Timmy, and we put on a pretty good match, and I got fu- I got busted open. Like, my nose, he hit me, like, off a DDT, and I was bloodied all over. And I remember thinking to myself, damn, there's, like, six people in this fucking (laughs) audience, and I'm busted open right now, you know? Like, I wish that moment would have been for, like, a bigger audience to see, you know, that kind of, that stone-cold moment where he got busted Oh, the infamous Bret Bret Hart match. Against Bret Hart, that's what really put him over, you know? And then for me, like, that was my first time bleeding. And I was bleeding a lot. I was like, this, this is my stone-cold moment. Wasted, wasted. And there's oh. fucking five people in the audience, you know? So, hey, those five people probably yeah. never forget it. You probably made their night. Yeah, like, remember that guy who last night got fucked up? <laughs> <laughs> Don't remember his name, but he got fucked up. That was one of your first shows, right? First or second? No, that was like... 12th match or something? 12th match. That's a good one. 12 out of 100. But yeah, we, we definitely like to wrestle in front of bigger audiences. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. I think, but I, again, like you said, you're spending harder money. So if there's six people in the crowd or 300 people in the crowd like there were that night, the Don Cole Arena was full that night. Yeah. You're going to give it your all no matter what. But that crowd, that night was hot. It was fun yeah. to be there as a wrestling fan. It was fun. My kid, she even got into it. Yeah, I remember. But at some point, she, uh, I had to tone her down. Cause uh, the, the beef beef came out, yeah. beef came out, and she just she just she looked at him and she looked at me and she goes, "Is that real?" <laughs> I said, "Well, that's his character, buddy. He's working on his character." And she yeah. goes, "But it's he's beef." I, like I say, "Yeah, but but you hear the chant beef beef." beef. But beef. I, then, then eventually, but eventually though, he won her over. Especially yeah. when sexy Stan Smith came out and they were sexy yeah. beef. Yeah. She was sitting there in the corner yelling, sexy beef, sexy. <laughs> this is a little 10-year-old daughter. And I'm like, and then she met Stan Smith and she's like, Daddy, I, I like him. And I was like, I don't like him. <laughs> but I do like him. He's I a, he's a good talent. I got him good. I speared him good. Yeah, you well, you know, uh, we I know how we know I again the chat the heart came out of I his back. That art came out of his back. Uh-huh. Just like I saw, I, I'm pretty sure that guy that you choked him, I'm pretty sure he wet himself. There was a little stain in the bottom. There was. No, but you know what? I don't know. Like I was saying earlier, I'm a big fan of tag team wrestling. Tag team wrestling is actually, I consider it my favorite type of wrestling. When the team is meshed well together, sometimes even throw those tag teams together for just a laugh or a filler spot, and they end up being some of the most iconic tag teams of all time. One of my all-time favorite tag teams, though, currently right now, is The Revival. And the reason I say this is because I'm a fan. I'm aging myself now, Mr. 1995, 24 <laughs> years old. I'm 36, okay? So I'm 12 years your senior. Show me a little respect, okay? <laughs> I am a big fan of 80s wrestling. So when the Mega Powers were around, you know, you had, IR, you had the uh, IRS, you had, the, you know, uh, Million Dollar and IRS running together. Those were some iconic tag teams for me. But the Revival is one I, I hold near and dear to my heart because they're the old school 80s mentality. They're not very flashy. They do a lot of power moves, you know, like their mantra. Fist to, fist to faces, boots to asses. Like, that's their mantra. So in terms of all the fantastic tag teams that are out there now, and there's a whole ton of them. If we're talking WWE, you go Usos, for sure. You go The Revival, for sure. They're Even though they're not getting their fair amount of TV time, for sure those are some tag teams that stick out to me. The New Day, the trifecta tag team that hasn't been around since, you know, the Freebirds. That, that was, those are great. Those are great tag teams. And then you look over at AEW. You know, you got the the party the party guys. I can't remember the name offhand. Uh, 
party players or something like that. Uh, forgive me. I'm going to get a lot of heat for this now when this interview drops. <laughs> but there's there's so many great tag teams out there. I just can't name them all off the top of my head. I mean, well, Undisputed Era, like those guys are, are probably hands down one of the best working tag teams out there today. Mm-hmm. So in terms of all the great tag teams that are out there, did Joe and Mike have a dream match? Somebody they would love to get their hands on if ever given the opportunity? All time or? Well, it could be a tag team that's retired. It could be a tag team that's currently running right now. Like, give me a dream match. Dream What's match. a dream match for you guys? Brothers of Destruction. Oh, I swear to God, bro. God, God is my <laughs> witness. It was Brothers of Destruction. Uh, you were that I too? swear to God. Undertaker that's Kane, eh? Wow. I'm gonna, Joe's going to kill me for this. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see who does the better choke slam? Is yeah. that what it is? No, no, no. Joe's going to kill me for this. But uh, when we were at the WWE tryouts... Um, or the actually sorry the SmackDown it was the SmackDown tapings we were at uh, we were doing extra work for them. Um, he comes up to me and goes, "Bro, I had the weirdest dream last night." Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> remember? Yeah, and uh, I go, well, "What was it?" And he goes, "Bro, it's so weird. Uh, I had a match with the Undertaker," <laughs> and he goes, uh, "I I couldn't find my gear and I was being oh how did it go again?" Yeah, so. I had three dreams that I was face-to-face in the ring with The Undertaker, and we're about to do this big face-off, and then it just cut to commercial quick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then while it was in commercial, me and him were just talking. We're like, okay, so when they come back, we're going to do this, 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 and that. And, fuck, I had so many dreams about it, and I was like, it is something, like, it's meant to be. I'm going to face The Undertaker one day, or I'm going to see him, and it's going to be special, but... Yeah, going back to your question, Brothers of, Brothers of Destruction would be the dream match for Mike DeRosti and Joe Mack. Uh, I think so. And and I, I was talking about be... Kane, too. For me, Kane's always been the guy, and I don't know. Well, yeah, he... you were forced to like Kane from a very oh, early I love age. Kane. And you couldn't get your hand on Stone Cold or The Rock. Yeah, so Kane, it's Kane's still the guy to me. I mean, and people are always shocked. Like, Who's your favorite wrestler? And most people go John Cena or, you know. Hogan, Rock, Austin, Macho Man, you know, somebody like that. And I, I'm usually the odd one. I'm always like, it's just Kane. Like, for real. Yeah, Kane's fucking awesome. Dude, Kane has had some legendary matches. Kane He's had, had the, some good run. I just wish the Inferno match was legendary. I mean, that was on a Monday Night Raw, too, right? Yeah. Him and The Undertaker. I liked, I liked when he first unmasked. Yeah, exactly. That shit was so for, rare. For me, Kane, you know, Kane in 04, when he had the baby face run in 05, that was like, that was prime Kane to me. For me, personally. I mean, they're doing, I liked all incarnations hey, of him. But the the feud was, with Shane McMahon where he fucking like, yeah. would kill him every time. Or he, 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 he would electrocute his balls or some shit. That's what I grew up on. Yeah, he, so, was, I mean, Brothers of Destruction. Can you imagine that? that, that, yeah, that that's would, a dream That would match. be crazy. No, you can create yourself in a WWE game and throw it in there for sure. Yeah. But those, <laughs> you're, you're not going to face those guys. You're not going to face those guys now. I mean, yeah, no. Undertaker now is not the Undertaker that you guys grew up with. Kane yeah. now is Kane Kane now is a politician man. He's a mayor. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, true. you yeah, know, that, that would be a dream when I mean current guys, I mean, I Yeah, we saw I mean, obviously he wants to still be the same guy that he was back then. We saw we all saw that match with Goldberg, right? Like time is uh what is it, what's that quote? Time Father time is undefeated. For, yeah, Father time is undefeated. Exactly. So, it all it catches up to all of us. You know, but I'll forever look at them as legends. Yeah. And uh, how about current yeah. guys? Current tag guys. Tag well, tag. if you don't have any current guys right now, I have a couple offers that I want to yeah. throw out because I think you guys would put on an absolutely fantastic match. So there's two gentlemen that are hanging on the wall right over there. The audience can't see it, but those guys are sabotage. They're out of the Maritimes. Okay. They are absolutely fantastic. Connor 
and Justin. They are absolutely amazing dudes, but they can tear it up in the ring. If you guys ever get an opportunity to wrestle them, I would. And as well, the shirt I'm rocking right now. I knew there was. See, I told you there was a point to the shirt. <laughs> Empire. These guys represent Crossbody out in Kitchener. They are the Crossbody Tag Team Champions right now. Matt and his brother TJ. Fantastic tag team. Matt's a little small dude, like five five feet. Maybe weighs a buck sixty, dripping wet. Wow. But these guys can tear it down. So if you guys ever get a chance to branch, you know, to go out and start hitting those indie promotions. Those are two tag teams I would definitely put at the top of your list because I think you guys would have a fucking barn burner with both of these teams. They, they look pretty uh, on the smaller side, no? <laughs> well, compared to, yeah, you two are, yes, you are the Brotherhood yeah, of Destruction. Well, we can on. we can agree on that. So it would be, we would have fun with that. Brotherhood of Destruction. I like that. Brotherhood of Destruction. Yeah, you can't be the Brothers of Destruction, but you could be the Brotherhood of Destruction. Could be. See that? Yeah. See? Hey, you might be on to something. Cut, cut out the Papa. It's his time to go. And bring in your boy. Don't say that too loud. Bring in your boy. I, I'm putting a stamp on it right now. If he's listening, <laughs> I, I will take his job. Bring in your boy. Amen. I'll handle it. We'll go grimy. Amen. We'll go street. Okay, I'll come out with my ears pierced, my hat down. It'll be all good. Brotherhood, <laughs> Brotherhood of Destruction. We can't give the Papa the boot, man. <laughs> no. so that's our guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he, runs, he runs it, unfortunately. Sometimes, no, no, he's good. Honestly, the Papa, he's a, he's a good fit for us. But, I mean, who knows what the future will. I mean, and for, for the guys out there, I mean, um, there's so much talent out there, man. Like, it's not just battle arts or Ontario even now. Even we get caught up in Ontario, there's so much talent out there, man. There's fuck, there's so many good guys. Um, every time I go to any indie show or you know, when Impact is in uh in house taping at Don Cola, man, these everybody's fucking good. Like you have to be. Like you gotta bring something to the table. If you're horrendous in the ring, man, there's fucking freaks in nature who do crazy things, you know, that make up for there's so many guys who are entertaining on the mic. I don't wanna name names, but I mean for example, like for me, like th for the longest time, I used to ask this guy, I'm like, how are you not signed? You know, Psycho Mike. He, I know he was on one of your podcasts. Psycho Mike's got, you know, for me, I think everything that a, a pro wrestler needs. You know, he's got the body, he's got the height, he can talk, he's entertaining, he's amazing in the ring. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't, I mean, there's so much talent out there is always what I'm trying to say. It doesn't necessarily have to be on TV. I mean, just because you're not on TV doesn't mean you're not fucking phenomenal there's a lot of good josh i wrestled josh alexander twice by far the best in-ring competitor i've been against like i i don't remember a match where i literally like i got to the back and i went to the curtain i sat down just like and i just sat there like you know those mornings you can't get up off the side of your bed and you're just kind of yes at 36 <laughs> i get a lot of those mornings Thanks. and you just kind of daydream out into nothing man josh like i i think our match were over 30 minutes each and he hits fucking so hard but it, like it's like a strong style hard you know it's not like i i can't go to the gym tomorrow kind of sort you know you're just you feel like you went to war with him so there's a lot of guys out there and i mean um me and joe are open to fighting anybody and everybody i mean just present yourselves you know get get us get us out there and you know we're, we're gonna be there um and you know people will be surprised you know i think people undermine a lot of battle arts guys like joe's uh i i've seen joe from day one to now like Sometimes if I've, I don't see him for like maybe a week, two weeks, you know, training-wise. Oh, you just follow him on Instagram with all those fucking food posts. All the food posts. <laughs> Buddy, Joe, Joe is like, I, I kid you not, I'm not saying this because he's my partner or we're on a podcast. Like, I tell Joe, I'm like, bro, you got fucking really good, really fucking quick, you know? So I think people under undermine the guys at Battle Arts and maybe they don't give us that fair share. But, I mean, if the offer is there, we're, we'll take on anybody. No, I, I think you hit the nail on the coffin. I have followed you on Instagram for a while. Not just the food post, the other post you post to. <laughs> and he's right. 
the talent level from where you started to where you are now, it's night and day. And it's been fucking quick. Too. And it's been quick. And it's you know what it is? It's 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 not genetics. It's not where you train or how you train. It's putting in the work. And he does. And you do. You put in the work all the time. So that's a credit to you, and that's a credit to you. You both put in the work. And it, it shines. It shines through the character. And I actually want to talk about the character now. See, we're gelling so well. We're just segueing beautifully. So the character. The mafioso side of stuff. I mean, with the Papa family, you come out to the Godfather music. I love it, by the way. I do. In terms of where you see yourselves beyond that, because right now, that's kind <clears> of <throat> the first layer, if you will. There's multiple layers to every character. And it could evolve and change, as you mentioned, Kane, as you mentioned, The Undertaker. They've evolved and changed so many times that the character could ever be changing. Where do you see your characters evolving to next? What's the next step for you guys in terms of character development? Because you're going to want to, <clears throat> you're going to want to progress kind of past maybe the DePapa family one day. So where would you like to see your, what's that next layer for your guys' characters? Uh, for me, I mean, this is kind of like the second layer of me. Uh, first one I had was Mercenary Mike DeRossi. Lately, I, I kind of dropped the Mercenary off of it just because of the, the Papa family change. Like, it didn't really mesh well. And I, I used to be super, super baby face, like, coming out, you know, clapping everybody's hands, kissing babies, throwing ki literally throwing kids up in my entrance. Um, coming out, I, I think I still had the best entrance theme in, in wrestling history. I had Eminem Survival. You know, that got me, yeah, that was a wicked song to come out to, you know. So now to come out to the mafioso music and it's very slow pace and me and Joe kind of take our time walk around the ring like that to me was like a total 360 from what I was doing with Eminem and coming out and clapping everybody's hands so um but by far and I think this is actually pretty much a general consensus in wrestling heel is 10 times better than being a baby you do have a lot more fun as a heel a than you do as a baby face. there's a lot more pressure on uh, being a baby face especially going to a new show I, I wrestled like I wrestled one time on uh Barry Wrestling and I'm like, okay, I hope, I, I went out and like two people knew me. And you know, like, it's very hard to get a crowd that doesn't know you because from Battle Arts to Barry Wrestling, maybe hour, hour and a half. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's a totally different fan base for, you know, the locals and stuff like that. So to get them to get them to cheer for you, I should say, um, when they don't know who you are is very tough. You can make a room full of people hate you pretty damn quick. So, um, but yeah, this is kind of like my second second kind of incarnation of me I, sh I guess you can call it i mean where the future holds i mean like like joe said earlier I, i'm just kind of taking it day by day i mean it, if they say if it ain't broke don't fix it so i'm kind of going by that and i think we're working out pretty well and i don't see us losing the tag belts anytime soon um so you know no kinda, not with choke slams and no, spears like that those those videos still haunt my dreams joe for myself i feel like just continuing to evolve with my own character, which I told you is just myself. Just turned up. Turned up. Um, it's funny, though, because sometimes I'll have a kid in the audience and he's talking shit to me and then I'll heckle him back and I'll say, what are you going to do? And then I see that fear in his eyes and he's just like, nothing. And then I just, like, I break sometimes. Like, I'll just smile. You know, like, I do have a big heart. You know, sometimes in the ring I'm an asshole, but I do have a big heart. No, I mean, and you handle your business. <laughs> I handle my business, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, I could, I could play both sides, but my character, I think, is just going to remain me, you know, super aggressive, cocky, you know. If I got to be a baby face, I got to be a baby face, you know, so... I got the characteristics of a baby face too, you know. I've always been like um, a motivational kind of guy, like somebody who wants to uplift other people and help people out. I don't know if I told you this, but 
I was a personal trainer for about two years. And the best part of personal training for me was the opportunity to see growth in people and help them help change their lives. And one of the biggest reasons I got into wrestling. So one day I was talking to a gentleman that I was training and I was like, how's your day going? And he's like, it's going all right. It's going good. And then he asked me the same question. He's like, how's your day going? And I said, man, I'm dying today. I'm so tired. And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, heroes don't die. And I looked at him. I was like, what? He said, heroes don't die. Like, you're a superhero. And I got goosebumps right away because I knew at that point I had touched somebody's life in such a positive way. And I continued to do that. Like, I had a girl with special needs that I used to train. She had Down syndrome. And literally every time I would see her, she would, like, light up with joy. It was unbelievable, you know. And people would start coming up to me and telling me, like, Hey, you're a superhero, man. You're a superhero. And that just motivated me. I'm like, damn, I, I got to do this on a bigger stage. I was doing it at a, a smaller level, you know. But I think wrestling is my calling because I can do it on a bigger stage. I could be that superhero. I could be that motivation. I can be that, you know, that voice that people need in order to get out of bad situations. And that's my ultimate goal in life. You know, whether it's through wrestling or whatever it is in life, I just want to make a difference in this in this world in a positive way. So if I could be a baby face, then I can do that. But if I got to be an asshole, then I got to be an asshole. <laughs> you know what they say? They say wrestling is the one profession where you can literally be in 20 different movies all at once. Depending on how many promotions you're hooked up with and how your characters develop in each one of those promotions. You could go out on a Saturday... Wrestle as the Papa family defender championships is two heels. Then the next day, you got to travel 90 minutes to bury wrestling. Or guess what? You're Joe Max superhero. Yeah. You got to put on that face. But no matter what, and this is where my next question comes in again. See, look, the segues are beautiful. I love it. At the end of the show that night that I was there, when my daughter and I were waiting, there was a lot of young fans that came up. Little boys, little girls. <clears throat> all of them seemed to love you guys. <clears throat> you let them all take pictures with the belts. You had a little moment with each and every one of them. And as a dad, that's, that's the most special thing, especially at an indie show. Because, I mean, you're meeting your fans. You're meeting fans that are going to follow you through and through. I'm a fan. Where you guys go, I'm going to follow. I really think you guys are great. I'm going to take this time. This is my last question. I'm going to take this time to officially welcome you to the Straight Talk family. Thank you, brother. You guys, anytime you want to come back, I would absolutely love to have you guys on the show. And we'll talk about it all again when, you're tag team, when you're still tag team champions going on 475 days. You'll beat the New Day's record, I guarantee that. But in terms of like, moments with the fans... When you can have those moments. If there ever comes a moment down the line where there may be a, a young boy or young girl who wants to get into this business and looks up to you like superheroes like you just mentioned, and you get one of those goosebump stories, because that, that was a goosebump story for me. When that guy told you heroes don't die, I got goosebumps. That was a beautiful story. It was. It was very heartfelt, and I thank you for being honest with me about that. That was a, that was a great moment. But if there's ever a fan out there that wants to get into this business and they want to come to you for advice and they come to you guys and they say, Mike, Joe, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And what would you say if you had the opportunity to shed some wisdom to a young fan? I mean, uh, first, the first thing I'm happy you mentioned, because I, I, bro, I, growing up, again, it all goes back to how you were raised. And so I feel like most people are, the, the person who you are today was molded in the first 10 years of your, your life. I feel like people are who they are, for better or worse, the way their parents raised them. And my mom did everything for me, you know. And, and in terms of wrestling, uh, 
She she brought me to every show I wanted to go to. Every time they would come to Toronto, every autograph sign. I went to Santino Morello's autograph sign. That's actually when I first uh, joined Battle Arch, a little bit before I met him at an LA Fitness. He goes, I remember you from a signing. He remembered me from a signing. But going back to my point was growing up, it was like such a almost anxiety ridden moment when you go to meet a restaurant. I remember I thinking, I hope he's nice. I hope he's nice. Because you grow up like, for example, I met John Cena in 2005 when he was at like his peak. Like he just caught fire and he was the hottest thing in he wrestling. He released the best rap album of all exactly. time. Exactly. I still remember I got more me? bread than a Big Mac. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was on bad memory. You'll never catch stuff. me in the next man's sweater. Yeah. They yeah. hate, let him hate. Yeah. Watch the whole clan. <laughs> Lay your ass down for the two, two second tan. Ah, I know that song oh, cold, buddy, It was actually a good album. Surprisingly, it was a good album. If you go back and listen, it's not bad. It's, it, people will always hate on it. If it all ended tomorrow, is my favorite track. Oh, that's a big tune. That's a big, big song. tune, buddy. But, I mean, uh, when I met John Cena, I was like, oh, I remember thinking to myself, I hope this guy is not an asshole. Because you look up to these guys, and I've, been, I've seen both sides of it, where you meet your idol, or someone you look up to. It doesn't even have to be your idol. Just someone you look up to. It can even be somebody at the gym, and he's an asshole. And, like, that feeling of disappointment. I have met wrestlers. Um, that just kind of didn't give me the time of day. And I'm a, I'm a kid, you know, looking for an autograph, looking for a picture. So anytime after a show, I see a kid there, buddy, I'm spending, I, you know, I don't care about the 10, 10 guys waiting for me to, you know, go help with this or that. Like the people who are there supporting us come first. You know what I mean? For to talk to a kid for two minutes and they, they might remember that. Cause I remember when I used to go to indie shows when I was 10, 11, the rest, I still remember there was a couple indie rest that like just in, in brain, uh, sorry, like Embedded in your memory. Embedded in my memory. That's exactly the, the, the point. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, like, bro, it's all you remembered. You know, how, how they treated you, how they looked at you, and just just gave you that time of day. So I always try to give that back. And uh, so second part of that is the advice. I would just make sure it's what they want. Because um, I'm sure Joe, myself, and everybody I've ever met always has those moments of doubts. You know what I mean? Am I doing the right thing? Because you got pressure from family and you know, friends who don't understand, oh, you're going to go do that wrestling stuff? Like, that's such a common thing. You know, you feel pressure from family. Go go, go get a real job. And you have your own self-doubt moments. You know what I mean? Um, you, you beat yourself up, especially, I know I did. You know, anytime I miss practice, like, when I first started out, like, I was going religiously three, four days a week. Anthony asked me, come to judo, come to this. I was training. I was still working full-time. And you put that pressure on yourself. But I, I knew I still wanted to pursue it just to see kind of what would happen. And I'm glad I did. Thank God I did. Um, and I'm still pursuing it. Um, but just make sure you know it's what you want. And if you do, give it everything you got. Like, for, for me, one of the biggest inspirations was Kobe Bryant. You know, his Mamba mentality. I swear to God, I remember when I first started getting into wrestling, I broke my foot my first match with MVP. My first match. And I just remember, fuck, am I made for this? My first match, you break your foot. I'm like, can I do this? Like, am I made for this? And Kobe Bryant had, like, a torn Achilles a little bit before um, that injury happened. I just remembered, like, the Mamba mentality. How bad do you want it? You see all those inspirational videos. And you got to, it, it becomes like a gut check time. Like, how bad do you want it? And I've seen so many people come and go. Um, and those guys told me, oh, this is all I want to do. This is everything for me. And after two weeks of training, you see it, that's not really the case. You know what I mean? So just make sure you want it and just give it all you got. For myself, actually... Yeah, going back to that job that I had at Good Life. Um, so the day before, I had like a terrible day where it was just like the worst day of my life. Something personal had happened in my family and it was just my whole world came down. And the next day 
was a WWE live event. And I was just working out at Good Life, and I had nobody to go to the show with. You know, like, none of my boys really wanted to go to watch wrestling. They weren't wrestling fans. And then um, I saw, you were talking about the revival. I saw Scott Dawson sitting at the ca- doing the cable rolls. I'm like, holy shit, that's Scott Dawson. So I go up to him. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? My name is Joe. I want to get into wrestling. Could you give me some advice? The man sat with me for 40 fucking minutes talking to me and giving me sound advice on ways to get into the business, what I need to do. You know, the guy took, he didn't need to, you know, he, he paused his workout to talk to me as a fan, somebody who wanted to get into the business. He spoke to me for 40 minutes and he gave me some sound advice and I'll never forget that. And then he left me tickets at the front desk for that WWE live event. And, you know, that's somebody who I want to emulate. You know what I'm saying? Like when I'm in a good position, I want, if, if a kid comes up to me and says, hey, Joe, like, I love your work, this and that, like, what does it take to be a wrestler? And I would tell the kid, like, you know, it's a little cliche, follow your dreams, do, be the best version of you that you can be. I found myself one time, my nephew wanted, he's like 10 years old and he wants like abs, you know what I'm saying? And I started ripping him. I'm like, you want abs? You got to like work out every day. Like you got to train, you got to eat a certain way. And then I, I was with my friend in the car and she's like, hey, take it easy. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's just 10 years old. But you know, like my mentality was like, I want the best for him. You know, my dad was always kind of hard on me and I didn't like it. But I can see why. He kind of put that pressure on me, but I can see why. It kind of made me hungrier and, hungrier and it made me want to be the best that I can be. So any kid that wants to follow their dreams, I'll tell them, you got to be the best version of yourself. You got to outwork everybody that wants to be in your position. So you got to do things that nobody else is doing. You got to wake up. You got to eat a certain way. You got to live a certain way. And you got to do what it takes to be the best you can be. And that's what I tell a, a, a kid, but hopefully it would resonate with them. Hopefully you don't scream at them about getting yeah, yeah, abs yeah. in 10 minutes. <laughs> well, gentlemen, this has been an absolute pleasure. Yes, I appreciate you being so candid with me, so honest. This is why I love podcasting. I love these conversations. And like I said, you're now officially a member of the Straight Talk family. My you got my number? You're more than welcome to come by anytime again, and we'll shoot the shit all over again. Thank you so much for having me. And brother. you're both class acts, and I know your stars are going to shine absolutely brighter. Yes, I appreciate you guys Thank being you on brother. the show. Thank all right, guys, that's it for your boy, your host. This one's in the can. It's a wrap. The next episode, I want to give you a hint. Should I give him a hint? Yeah, uh, I don't ever give hints. I never yeah. do. I never do. I can't do it. I'll tell you guys off the air, but I can't tell them. As always, guys, you got to follow the socials every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Every episode drops. Don't forget to check out my store on Pro Wrestling Tees. Support, support, support. Because anything that I make goes right back into the show for better equipment, bringing better talent to the Straight Talk Studios. As always, I'm your boy. Peace, love, and wrestling. Later, guys. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week for another episode on Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Also follow us on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And for all our merchandise, you can search us on ProWrestlingTees.com. Oh.